We talking hoops season two. Let's go. What up, though? It's your coach. Who talks hoops the most? It's Coach Cam with the podcast flow. Jump shot is still wet and the podcast goes. Talking hoops all day, worldwide, across the globe, overseas to the league. Big 10 to the GLIAC, AU to high school and any gym that he at. Highlights, offers, who's about to transfer, was coach getting hired? Coach Cam's got the answer, he's that dude. Too cool, so smooth with the hoop news. Every week we talking hoops, this is season two. So buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause we talking hoops, yeah. It's your coach that knows who's the most, Coach Cam, episode eight for Kobe the Great. I'm dedicating this whole episode to Kobe Bryant. It's not going to be a long one. It's not going to be my traditional hour, 90-minute podcast. Uh, but I, I got I to talk about Kobe. I have to. And if you're clicking on this podcast, looking for me to talk about anything other basketball-wise this week, you're not getting it. You're not. You're just not getting it. I got to talk about Kobe. I have to. First and foremost, I want to send my prayers and condolences to the Kobe Bryant family, to the families that were on board that helicopter uh, this tragic Sunday when we lost uh, Kobe Bryant. I want to send my condolences to those families uh, because they're they're going through a different type of heartbreak. The basketball world lost a legend. We lost a legend. And from my perspective, I was hurt. I was hurt. And Kobe Bryant, to me, uh, was much more than a basketball player. And I wasn't, I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge Kobe fan. I just like legends. I like great players. The greatest players. I can't say nothing bad about Kobe. I can't say nothing bad about Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson. I mean, our legends, the legends of the game, I can't say nothing bad about them. And Kobe is one of those guys. And I'm not one of those people that was a heavy Lakers fan. I'm a Pistons fan. I'm I'm not a Lakers fan. But I appreciated Magic Johnson when the Pistons played the Lakers. Michael Jordan. I was a Michael Jordan fan, but I didn't really, I'm 38, 39. My birthday was last week. So Michael Jordan, a a portion of watching Michael Jordan play, I was kind of too young to understand the impact that Michael Jordan had on the game of basketball and how great he was. But Kobe Bryant was a little different. And before I go into, because I got three different perspectives that I'm going to talk about in respects to Kobe Bryant. I'm going to talk about Kobe Bryant, the player. I'm going to talk about Kobe Bryant, the coach, the trainer. And I'm going to talk about Kobe Bryant, the man. But before I get to that, I want to talk to my listeners. And I want my listeners to know I do this podcast for you guys. I do it for myself because I really enjoy doing it. But I didn't publicly make a post about Kobe Bryant on my Twitter feed. I might have retweeted something. Uh, I didn't go into a long post on, on my Facebook page because I just I, wa- I wanted to reserve my thoughts because it's going to be longer. It's, he deserves longer than a, a Facebook post. He does. He deserves a whole Kobe episode, a whole episode, not some 140 character tweet. 
And before I get to my perspectives on Kobe Bryant, I want to talk to my listeners. And if you're listening to this, people that listen to my podcast are people People that I love and care about. People that listen to my music and listen to my podcast, I know that they, I really rock with you. I really do. You know that. And I've been emotional the last three or four days. And it's not because of Kobe. It's just that it just makes you feel a certain way. It does. I can't watch Sports Center. The tribute they did the other night where the Lakers were supposed to play the Clippers and the players was just sitting there talking about Kobe. I can't I can't watch that, man. I can't. I just I just can't. And the, I just want my listeners to know that I love you. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. To sit in the car when you're supposed to be in a grocery store shopping for food and your wife calls you like, get in the grocery store. Stop listening to that damn podcast. When really, I want to hear what Coach Cam's talking about. I want to hear his perspective. And I know that people that do that, they know you know me. I'm not a stranger to you. I'm not some uh, figure, basketball figure or or whatnot with a blue check that you don't personally know. Like, I know you. I went to school with you. I played with you. I coached with you. I might have trained you. I might have coached you. I might have crossed paths with you at an AAU tournament. I might have coached against you at a basketball. You know me. This isn't some, uh, I'm just scrolling through podcasts on Apple and I want to find a basketball podcast. This ain't that. It might start off, Ask that for some people, but not many. The vast majority of people that listen to my podcast are people that I mess with heavy. I mess with you. I, and I just want to tell you that I love you. I do. I appreciate you for listening to my podcast because an, a tragedy like this puts things into perspective, especially for me. And that was one thing when I was thinking about doing the podcast and uh, somebody at work said, I know you're doing the Kobe podcast like they already knew. He listens to the pocket. I know you're doing it. I know you're going to talk about Kobe. Yeah, I am. Because I love basketball. Basketball wasn't just a game that I played. It's more than just saying basketball is life. It's more than that. I'm too invested. I'm too involved in too many avenues for me. And, and I hate when people just say, well, it's just a game. It's not a game to me. And it's more than life to me. Like, basketball is it. Now, of course, you got friends, family, God. Praise the man above. You have those. And I'm not putting basketball over that. What I'm telling you is this. When people talk about Coach Cam, basketball is coming very close. You're not going to say too many things about Coach Cam that don't involve basketball. You're not. At some point. When you start talking about Coach Cam, you're going to talk about basketball. And here's why. I've been playing basketball 
or basketball has been involved in my life for a long, long, long time. My brothers played. My father was a legendary coach in the, in the Metro Detroit area. Shit, he was uh, Dick Vitale's assistant at Detroit Mercy. And a lot of people don't even know that, but I don't just throw that around. There was a, a time where, when I got the job at Renaissance that people just thought that they just gave it to me because of my lineage. They call it nepotism. Oh, you got that job because of nepotism. Your dad is the, the supervisor or was the supervisor of athletics, and they just gave you the job. That wasn't the case. I worked my ass off to get every job I got. It's particularly a coaching job. Worked my tail off. And if you didn't, that's on you. But when you talk about Coach Cam, basketball isn't too far from it. I'm at work. My other job. I've got, I got a few jobs now. I work at the airport. After the news broke, I was, you know, of course, I was upset. And one of the young ladies that worked there, she's 27, 28. She might have only known me for six months. She said, Uncle Cam, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm cool. I really wasn't. But, you know, it's, it's a time and place. I just came to check on you, Coach Cam, because I know how much basketball is important to you. I know you, you're all about ball. So, I know you torn up about this one. And she didn't even know I was a Kobe fan. She didn't even have to know. She knew that basketball was important to me. And it is. It's very important. So I just wanted to tell my listeners that, that basketball, isn't, this isn't just a thing that I do. I'm not doing this for clicks. I'm not doing this for likes. I'm not doing this to get followers on Twitter. I'm doing this because I truly enjoy and love doing this. Basketball is my passion. God put me here to make an impact on the basketball world, no matter how small or big it was. And once I figured that, I gained a new perspective on working hard basketball wise. Because I knew this is what when I started coaching my first couple of years and I started to see how, how players games would change, how uh, my relationships with players would change. And I started to realize, like, man, like, this is what this is what I'm here to do. I'm a coach. There's plenty of jobs I turned down because at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I'm not no wholesaler. I'm not no guy supposed to be sitting in no cubicle. I'm not an engineer. I am a basketball coach. And if you're trying to get me to sell whatever, at the end of the day, I got to find a way to sell what I do the best, which is basketball. And that's how my whole idea for the shooting academy started. It started with a mindset of saying, how can I get paid? How can I um, not even get paid, but how can I make a living or do something to get in return for what I have given to the game of basketball? I should have I should get something back. I should be able to take care of my family doing something that I love and am passionate about. And that's how I came about. It's like, all right, well, let me start. What what can I sell the most? What about Coach Cam can I sell? And that's being able to 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 mold and and make better players, make better jump shots. And that's how I came up with the academy. And, and I don't want to go too much into Coach Cam because it's the Kobe episode, and and it's very clear that it's crazy how this is my eighth episode of the season. The Kobe episode. I mean, if, if that don't tell you, I'm supposed to talk about Kobe. I'm not supposed to talk about Coach Cam. 
and I'm going to get into Kobe. And I like uh, Rashad Phillips' story. He was pretty torn up about it because Kobe was a, he was more than just a basketball player to him. They had a relationship. They played in the Magic Round Ball Classic. They talked from here and there. Kobe called him one of the best guards that's never been drafted in the NBA. So they had a relationship, no matter how big or small it was. And he's getting on the flight on Sunday, and his, his gate was B-24. And he was supposed to sit in seat number two, aisle four. It was something crazy, like B-24 was on his boarding pass. It was a crazy story. If, if you have an ch- opportunity to go uh, listen to Rashad and his Kobe story, you listen to it, man, because it was... It was like, wow. And here's some of these stories that some of these greats have about Kobe is it's phenomenal, man. I like hearing the stories. I really do. And some of them are, are pretty touching. They are. Some of them are pretty touching. And the last couple of days have been pretty emotional. I've cried. I've, I'm a grown man with children, two kids under two. I'm married. I have a different perspective now than I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it might have been you know, put a couple Kobe posts up and keep it moving. Pay respects to the great. It's more than that. Now, I got to dedicate my podcast to the great Kobe Bryant. Now, I told you guys I was a Pistons fan. And I want to talk about, I said, three different perspectives of Kobe Bryant. The first Kobe Bryant perspective is the player Kobe Bryant. He was the greatest. We're not going to talk about who's better, Mike, Kobe, or LeBron no more. I've seen the post, and if I could like it a thousand times, I would. We're not debating no more. We're not. They're great players in their own right. I'm always going to say Michael Jordan's the greatest, and I've never compared people to Michael Jordan. But I used to always say, when people started talking about Michael Jordan and LeBron, I used to be like, how y'all just skipping Kobe like that? Like he didn't win five championships. We just going to jump right over Kobe and say, oh, well, he won three with Shaq. Well, he won two without him. So we just going to bypass the fact that Kobe isn't one of the greatest because he is. And I want to talk about the player. And even though he, he mimicked a lot of things that Michael Jordan did, who's the greatest player ever, why wouldn't you want to do that in any profession that you're in? If you're a doctor, why wouldn't you want to mimic the greatest doctor ever? So, of course, early in his career, he, he mimicked a lot of stuff that Michael Jordan did. Why, why wouldn't you? How many people have been able to pull it off, though? Harold Miner tried. He couldn't pull it off. A lot of people have tried to mimic Michael Jordan, and they can't pull it off. Kobe Bryant did. And that's why he's probably one of the closest athletes we can compare to Michael Jordan because he he mimicked his whole game. But then within it, he added his flair to it. The behind the back, going to the basket, 180 dunk on the baseline. Like Kobe Bryant was a different type of player And the reason why he's one of the greatest players ever is because we watched Kobe. We watched Kobe from high school and we watched all 20 years of his career, played 20 years in the NBA. We watched it all. We watched it all. If you're anywhere close to my age, if you're anywhere, if if you're in college, if you're in high school, the majority of people that are mourning about Kobe, the majority of it is you watched it happen live. You went to the games. You saw him on TV. You saw the highlights. You was at the All-Star game when he was going against Mike. You saw it. You saw Kobe Bryant, the player. You were able to witness the greatest. You were able to witness it. I know that's LeBron thing, be a witness, 
But Kobe is a little different because LeBron is still playing and we're still being a witness to LeBron and he's great in his own right. But Kobe Bryant, the player, was different. Came to high school, traded to the Lakers, struggled his first two seasons. And there were some Laker fans that weren't too happy when he, he shot them air balls in Utah. Let, let's go back to that. He only averaged seven, six or seven points his first year in the league. And I think the second year of the league, I think he was at like maybe nine or ten. So his first two years, he was still trying to figure it out. But you, then you look back, he was 17, 18, 19 years old. Of course, you're going to struggle in the NBA. In the Michael Jordan era? In the Michael Jordan era, in 1997, 98, Kobe Bryant was in the league. Michael Jordan was in his prime. So to be a great player in that era, you had to be to come into the era and come in and be dominant like LeBron did a little bit later. He didn't come in in the Michael Jordan era, came in a different era, right? Oh, three different era. Kobe came in in the Michael Jordan era. So it took him a little while to figure it out. But once he figured it, once he got it together, oh, my goodness, he figured it out. He's the best player in the game. And I always enjoyed, I enjoyed the eight Kobe. That's the Kobe I enjoy. Not to say that 24 Kobe wasn't great, and he was. But I enjoyed the crazy eight Kobe. I enjoyed that Kobe because he had flair. He had the afro. He had the arm sleeve going. He telling everybody to calm down. I got this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the Kobe I liked. You know what I'm saying? That was the Mamba. That's the Kobe I enjoyed watching playing. And he was one of the best players in the game. He was one of the best players in the game. And I only have one Kobe story to share. I'm not no superstar. I didn't get a chance to meet Kobe. I only got a chance to watch him play in the Magic, um, in, in the classic that, that Rashad played in in high school. And I, even from that, we was like, ooh, dude, nasty. <laughs> we was like, <clears throat> this kid might go to the NBA. He might be one of the best. Like, he's nasty. But my only Kobe story is back in 2004. Heavy Pistons fan. I was so heavy a Pistons fan in 2004, I saw every single game. Every single game. Every game in the playoffs. If you came to my house, I was living in Southfield at the time, and you knocked on my door, I ain't answering. If you called me when the game was on, I ain't picking up. Like, I'm watching the Pistons play. There was a girl I dated, and we stopped dating because she didn't really want to watch the games. I'm like, oh, I can't rock with you then. Like, if you're not watching the Pistons and know that Coach Cam, at the time wasn't Coach Cam, I was just Cam. But at the time, like, you ain't watching the game. I can't rock with you. I just can't. In 2004, heavy Pistons fan. So I'm downtown at a club in Detroit. I forget the name of the club. And I watched game one there. The Pistons win. Uh, I had a particular adult beverage I was drinking. So I made sure that that's my spot to watch the game. I don't care if they got nothing going on. I'm watching the games there. So I go down there to watch game two. It's a close game. Goes into overtime. Kobe does his thing, and he is the game winner. Or a very a, a clutch shot against the Pistons. And I couldn't be mad. I could not be mad. And I was not mad. I wasn't mad at all. My thinking was, well, at least we got out there and got one. Because that's when the format was 2-3-2. Two, two. And even at that moment, I didn't think the Pistons could beat the Lakers. I'm like, all right, at least we won a game. At least we show we, like, we can be here and compete. And, like, actually win a champ. But people that, that thought after game two that the Pistons were going to win the world championship, you still were, especially after Kobe hit the game winner, we like, uh, might have woke up a beast. But we are coming back to the crib. 
We all come back to the crib. So he makes the shot. Everybody in the club was like, damn, man, Kobe, though. Uh, I mean, that's Kobe. Can't even be mad at it. You can't even like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we figured Kobe would do something like that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yep, Kobe, game winner, Pistons, yep. Yep, we saw it with Mike, but it was different with Kobe. It was different. It was like, uh, you had to just hit your cap. Like, hey, man, that's Kobe. All right, game three. You couldn't be mad. There are certain superstars that make those kind of plays against your favorite team. You'd be like, man, I can't stand such and such for making that shot. When Kobe made it, it was like, all right, well, moving on to game three. And that's what we did. And we ended up winning the series. And that's when you can start seeing the turmoil uh, the Kobe and Shaq it, and the report starting to come out of their relationship and it started going left or right. I wish we could have got three more years of Kobe and Shaq. I wish we could have got one more year of Kobe and Shaq. I really do because th that was e that could have easily been, and even now, one of the best duos ever. Kobe and Shaq? Two players giving you 30 a game? Y'all talk about Res Restbrook and, and Harden. They ain't got nothing on Kobe and Shaq. A guard and a big? Like, you ain't guarding it. My second Kobe story, the player, I ain't got many. I'm watching Game 7. 2000, it's either 2000 or 2001, forget which year it was, and they're playing the Blazers. And the Blazers were loaded. Scotty Pippen, Rasheed Wallace, Bonzi Wells. Loaded. Loaded team. And it was like, man, the Blazers might pull it off. They might pop the Lakers. They might get him. And then Kobe went down the lane. But before he went down the lane and threw it up to Shaq, they were down 17 points in the fourth quarter. Seven, 15 or 7. They were down a lot in the fourth quarter. And when they started making a comeback, I said, it's no way. Like, the, the Blazers got it, man. Like, the Blazers went in the, to, the, to the form and got it done. Uh, it might have been a stable center at that time. But, but anyway, they, went there, they beat the Lakers on their own court. And it's like, oh, man, it's 15 points. Yeah, I mean, they still going to win the game. And then it gets to 10. Then it's like, uh-oh. Then somebody makes a three. Then it's seven. Then it's, uh-oh. Here they come. Steve Smith was on that team. Detroit legend. Seven miles. Stand up. Doughboys. What's happening? Uh-oh. Makes it. And one. Derek Fisher. Uh-oh. It's a one-possession game. They might actually do it. And then Kobe comes down the lane, throws it up to Shaq. Alley-oop. Boom. Shaq coming down, running across, looking at his hand. And he just caught the alley-oop with that he almost threw to the heavens and dunked it on the Blazers. At that point, the game was over. I don't even know what the score was. Game was over at that moment. It was in the last minute of the game. Game was over. I watched that. That's what I'm saying. When it comes to Kobe Bryant, the basketball fans watched Kobe. Even if you didn't like Kobe, you watched him. When they got to the finals, you watched the finals. When they went up against AI, you watched that. Every game. Watched every game. Kobe was just that guy, man. He was that guy, a hell of a player, one of the greatest players ever, and he's left uh, a trademark on the game that we will never forget. And it's coming from a guy, and you talk about this Mamba mentality, and I might speak on it a little bit later. Uh, you talk about a guy that just worked to get it. He didn't come into the league as the Kobe Bryant we know now. He worked. He got in the gym. He did extra workouts. He, 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 got, he made himself better. So any basketball player right now that doesn't think that they can get better by just pure working hard and work ethic, you are a fool. If Kobe 
Bryant, the greatest player ever, can come into the league and not average double figures, and then four seasons later average 34 points a game, then you can too. You can get better. You can be the greatest. I hear some outlandish dreams people tell me. I want to go to the NBA. I want to go to the NFL. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I tell them you can do it. You can do it. It's possible. I've seen it happen. Got a player in the NBA. It can happen. But I'm going to tell you what, the people I know that do that kind of stuff, they move different. They work different. They not partying. They not hanging out. They move different. They working on their games every day. They're getting better every day. They're professional off the court. They make their, they make their beds. They do what they're supposed to do. They're on time for meetings. They're on time for workouts. They do their homework. They get 4.0s. 3.7s or whatever. They're not just a pro when it comes to work ethic and basketball. They're professional in everything. So if you have great and outlandish dreams, I'm going to need you to work your ass off 24-7, 365 and get it done. You can do it. There was a time when people looked at me crazy when I said, I'm going to coach college basketball one day. And they're like, how? Like, you varsity basketball. How are you going to coach in college? And I did it for three years. There isn't a single thing, and I posted this on, on, on uh, Instagram, there isn't a single thing I wanted to do that I didn't do. Not one. I always wanted to start a podcast. Here we are. I always wanted to start a shooting camp. Did that. I always wanted to start a shooting academy. It's coming next week. I always wanted to record an album. Did 10 of those. So there's not a single thing that I didn't want to do. When, but what I tell you is, I worked my tail off to do it as well. And Kobe set that example for us right in our faces. He told us, look, you can be the greatest basketball player ever if you just work hard. The greatest ever. Now, he was giving some talents that not everybody was given. I get that. There are certain things and attributes that he has that some people don't have. The fact that his foundation was built overseas with his dad, his younger years, that says a lot about his fundamental work. So it's fundamental, fundamentally speaking, he was starting at a different level, but he still didn't come in killing. He had to work to get it. And Kobe Bryant, the player, worked, worked and worked and was able to become the best player ever. The next perspective I want to give you about Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant, the coach slash trainer. I'm not sure if you guys are, are understanding this Mamba Institute that he built out in, in, in Cali, but it's it's phenomenal. And I was able to this summer, you know, look at some different things when I started, you know, uh, thinking about, you know, having a shooting academy. I'm starting looking at different academies and where the Steph Curry does his, does his stuff at. And I looked at what Kobe Bryant was doing and he was training professional players. He's training Bradley Beal. He's he's training the Trey Youngs, the young players. And that's why the young players took it so much because they was in his gym. They was getting they was getting the vision. They was getting the game from the greatest. He wasn't somebody like Michael Jordan and no diss that just bought a team and just sat and, and, you know, did that. He was giving the game back. The coach, the Mamba. I'm getting to learn from the best basketball player ever. That's the guy I get to learn from? How much it cost? It was plenty of superstars, no matter what the cost was. These young superstars in the league that was training with Kobe Bryant over the summer. They probably played a hefty ticket for it, but guess what? It's worth every single penny. 
that Mamba Institute that he was doing and helping athletes out there, basketball players. And I know it's, it's expensive. I know only a select few can, can pay for those services. However, you had the opportunity to learn from the best player ever. That's something Michael Jordan didn't do. Yeah, he had, he had a basketball camp. Some of these guys, they have basketball camps, but they don't have a movement. This Mamba mentality is a movement. This Mamba Institute is a movement to develop high-level players. And he wasn't just training basketball players. Professional NFL players was in there. Baseball players. I mean, he was taking, he was going to take the training, and he still is, because the, the things are in place to take it forward. He left the legacy. It still can happen, and it still will. But the Mamba Institute that he was, he was putting forth, that he was doing, it spoke a lot to the man. He was his daughter's basketball coach. How many of us coach our, our kids? Plenty of us. How many of us, uh, many of us coach AAU and we're going to AAU tournaments and we're watching our kids play? And even if it's not your kids, if, you, if you're a basketball coach, those are your kids. Whether if it's not your blood or not, those are your kids. That's how I re refer to, to my guys and my players. Those, those are my kids. Man, oh, yeah, that's my kid. He played for me. Yeah, those are my guys. We do it all the time. And, and that's what hurt for me. That's when I started feeling uh, grief, feeling hurt, was knowing that he was going to do something that he normally does on a Sunday morning. They get in the helicopter, him and his daughters, teammates, they go to AU game. They've done it a million times. Just so happened this was their last time. So Kobe Bryant, the coach and the trainer, he was giving us so much game. And we're going to miss that. We're going to miss those opportunities to learn from the best player ever. We're going to miss the opportunity to watch Mamba Sita, Gigi Bryant, rest in peace, become the best female basketball player ever. Because I already know he, that's what he was, had in mind. You're going to be the best female basketball player and you're going to play in the NBA, not the WNBA. And it's no secret that how is it that now that Kobe Bryant is now he was he was putting his importance on women's basketball because he, he has he has uh, girls. And one of his girls was playing basketball. It's, it's, no, it's, it's no coincidence that the WNBA players raised their salaries. That's not a coincidence. Just this summer. They're going to make six figures now. And it's going to get bigger. That's no coincidence. Because this girl was 13. So in four or five years, she was going to be potentially, probably she was, if I'm Kobe, my daughter's going to be the first girl to go from high school to the NBA just like her dad. Ooh, wow, wow. It's, ooh. I know that's what he, he has set up. You're going to go to UConn, going to play four years, and you're going to, I mean, not UConn, but we're going to get your game to the level where you're going to be committed to UConn, and you're going to go to the WNBA, and you're going to make six figures or more. And then I'm going to make sure that happens for you. You're going to be a multimillionaire playing basketball. You don't have to go to college. I don't have to go to college. I know that's what he was thinking, and I, and I hope that that's, that was the plan for him and his daughter. The last part, perspective, that I want to give on Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant, the man, the parent, Mr. Bryant. He did everything in his power to be, the, he was a basketball dad. A lot of these pictures I see with Kobe Bryant, his daughter right there smiling. Gigi at the game with him. They got their little fist pump at the All-Star game. She right there, right there. As uh, LeBron is embracing Kobe recently this season, last my guy, she right there. And as a parent, it, it hurt as a parent 
because you never want to be in that situation, especially with one of your children. And I'm sure he did what most parents would do in those moments was be a parent and say, you know what? You're going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. Because I got two sons. And you never want to think about the day when my sons might be without a dad or without a mom. Something tragic happens. And that was the very reason why Vanessa wasn't on on the helicopter was just in case something happens. Our kids aren't losing two parents. They're only losing one. How heavy is that? They made the decision they are never going to fly in a helicopter together. Because in case something happens, they don't lose both of us. How heavy is that? But as a parent, that's how you think it's no longer about you. It's about your children. And you can see he moved different as a parent. He moved different. He had his girls with him. The whole girl dad hashtag. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Keep it going. To my parents out there. That's providing for their children and doing everything in their in their in their will that they possibly can for their children. Shouts out to you, because that's exactly what Kobe Bryant was doing for Gigi and his other daughters. He was being a parent. We're going to an AU game. I'm going to be there. I'm going to coach the game. We're going to go home, have dinner. Because unfortunately, they weren't able to go home and have dinner. And as a parent, it really hurt. It really hurt as a parent because, you know, I'm thinking about, man, there's going to be a time when Carter, Carter's going to be in this world without me. Hopefully it's not anytime soon. But when the man upstairs calls your number, he makes no mistakes. And he made no mistake with Kobe Bryant and Gigi and the other members that were on the board of that airplane. He made no mistakes. And even though it's hard to grasp, it's hard to to think about the tragedy and what happened and how to move on and get over it. It's not something you get over fast. We're going to be sad for a very long time because Kobe Bryant had that much of an impact on the basketball world. Not just the game of basketball. He had an impact on the world. And he had an impact on me. Because I liked the retired Kobe. I liked how retired Kobe was moving. I watched more of what he was doing off the court after the game than I did when he was playing the game. Yeah, I watched some Lakers games. I did when it was in the finals. I watched all those games. But I, pay, I really paid attention to the way he was moving outside of basketball. He was, he was laying the blueprint of this is how a retired basketball player is supposed to move. This is how this is how you're supposed to live your second career. And it was no it was no reason why he wasn't going to be the greatest at that. He was going to have the greatest academy in the world. He was going to make the greatest athletes in that academy in the world. And he still is. So. I end this Kobe Bryant ep- episode to pay homage to the greatest. Like Hove says, bear witness to the greatest can't beat us join us and so forth i'm dedicating this to kobe bean bryant very unfortunate tragedy to him and his family prayers go out to him and his family and everybody else that was on board it's just a it's very traumatic and that's all i got that's all i got just wanted to pay homage to kobe didn't have a whole lot of kobe stories for you guys i said it wasn't going to be a traditionally long episode and it wasn't Looking at a little over a half hour, 35 minutes. But I appreciate you for listening to my podcast. This is Coach Cam, the coach 
that holds knows hoops the most. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant.